Welcome to your Worry-Free Wednesday web show. I'm your host, David Fairweather. Today's topic is pacifying your anxious cravings. And we all have anxious cravings, even if you just need to check your phone to see if you've got an email or a text while you're waiting at the traffic lights on your way to work. Oh, hold on a second, you're not going to work at the moment. There's probably a lot of things that you're missing doing, and if you have any cravings about them that are making you the slightest bit anxious, you're going to love this episode. Human beings are able to be anxious at lots of different times, even during boredom, for example, which is quite stressful for a human being to suffer. So if you're home, not working, you're out of your routines, or you've been affected by this pandemic in some way that's making you crave something you're missing, it's totally normal that you feel a bit agitated, and I'm going to help you with that agitation today. It's that anxious agitation that motivates human beings to do something, so bored human beings find something to do to stimulate themselves. Because the nervous system wants to be stimulated. It doesn't want to be bored. It does like being relaxed, but boredom and relaxation, as we've just established, aren't the same thing. That's why watching television and relaxing aren't the same thing, and sleeping and relaxing aren't the same thing, because when you're sleeping, you can have nightmares. When you're watching television, it's sex and violence, isn't it? Let's be fair. But when you're purposefully relaxing and holding your mind's focus on something that doesn't threaten your body, your nervous system does enjoy that. And so even in a time of crisis, your body still enjoys a few minutes here and there of just relaxing and letting go of the tension and the vigilance of being on guard to something so threatening to your routines or boredom. But pacification doesn't take away something forever. It doesn't cause lifelong satisfaction. Imagine if you were a baby and you couldn't get your mother's nipple, but you could get your dummy, your pacifier, that little plastic thing with a little bubble on the end that you just suck, 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 suck. Like that little baby at The Simpsons. But you'd never feel like you had a good tummy full of milk. Like that would never happen. You'd never be so satisfied from sucking on your dummy, your pacifier, that you don't need feeding ever again. That's not going to happen, folks, is it? There's a story of Yoko Ono, John Lennon's wife, that during World War II, when she was, I believe, in Tokyo, um, that there was a shortage of foods. And so her brother, younger than her, um, would be given all these fantasies by her about these wonderful, sumptuous meals that they could be having. And although obviously it never filled them up, it was some way of entertaining their minds and their nervous system, stimulating them with some fantasy fantasy that for a few moments tricked their nervous system into imagining that they were eating these wonderful meals. I mean, when you think about it, whenever you chew bubblegum, your stomach starts preparing to break down food, but you never swallow it. So, hmm, that's an interesting trick, isn't it? And really, that's what pacification does. It tricks your body into feeling some kind of soothing, or it tricks your mind into feeling some kind of soothing, so that your feelings are soothed. And that helps you kind of see things differently from that soothed place. But again, it's not long-term satisfaction. That's why a cigarette addict can never smoke enough cigarettes to never need cigarettes ever again. I imagine there might be quite a lot of you out there that are eating more than you normally eat at a time like this. It's like, while you're home a great deal and you're not out there playing baseball or hockey or getting together in book reading groups or whatever else you would have been doing, going to restaurants at the very least, um, now you're maybe home and maybe closer to the fridge and 
maybe there are less reasons to not just have a little snack here or there. You know, like, if you're kind of bored, why not eat? Well, think of it this way. If you were bored, how many sandwiches would it take before you were never bored? Like, how many sandwiches would you have to eat before it just wasn't possible for you to feel boredom? Like, for you to solve boredom with sandwiches, or potato chips, or chocolate bars, whatever it is. But it's not really an antidote to this snake bite, if you know what I mean. Too many metaphors? Well, really, any pacification is a metaphor or a symbol for something. So a pacifier to a baby, a dummy to a baby, stands for a mother's nipple, or their own thumb, or a lollipop, or a cigarette. They're all kind of the same thing. They're all oral soothing methods. Only one of them, the one that gives them milk, would actually give them something satisfying. All the other things would just be soothing for the time being. But sometimes you do need to pacify yourself or to soothe yourself. For example, in a situation where you were feeling anxious but you couldn't really get out of it, Instead of satisfying your craving, which is actually getting out of the circumstance so you don't have to feel anxious anymore, you might have to pacify your cravings to escape by just closing your eyes for a moment and just pretending you're not there. Just soothing yourself with the feeling of you don't have this burden or problem, or maybe you don't have this boredom. It won't take away the root cause of the problem any more than an anti-anxiety medication would take away the reason that you're worried. But human beings really do like to mask their symptoms. They don't just use masks to protect themselves from viruses. Can you imagine being stopped at the traffic lights and wondering if you've got a text or an email on your phone, but then, in your mind's eye, just picturing for a moment, kind of like a translucent hallucination of an image on top of the one that you're looking through, which is, you know, the red light waiting for it to go green and being a responsible driver, but nevertheless, imagining looking at your phone and seeing that there are no messages and just feeling okay about that, and then... Not hallucinating that anymore, but continuing to wait for the light to go green, and when it does, driving on and being happy. Could you imagine doing that, and feeling better than wondering, 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 and wondering, 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 and never really knowing, but instead just, like, pretending you looked, and pretending that there isn't anything, or pretending there was a wonderful email telling you something really beautiful, gorgeous, or wonderful about you. That would feel good, right? Can you imagine doing that? Well, if you're anxious, I know you can, because if you're anxious, you have a very good imagination, because you use your imagination to worry about things that aren't currently happening, but you're worried that they'll happen in the future. So, anxious people have great imaginations, and I want you to use it for good, not evil. In a moment, I'll be inviting you into a meditation, and soon I'll be inviting you into a course on anxiety reduction that I'm just preparing for release at the moment, something I'm quite excited about, something I've been working on for quite some time, but it does seem that in this moment, there's more that I could be doing to support a community of people that do have anxiety as a concern in their minds and bodies. So I'm going to kind of rough and ready that together and try to get it out as soon as possible at some ridiculous discount from what it was going to be, just because I want to flood the planet with useful resources that help people through a time of crisis like this. So look out for that, but if it's safe and appropriate for you now to close your eyes, then I invite you to sit down and get ready for me to ask you to do it. 
And if not, make yourself a note to come back and listen to this later when you have a chance and you're safe too. Okay? Great. Take a deep breath in and then close your eyes as you slowly exhale. Feel your body relaxing as you continue to breathe softly and focus on the ideas that I offer you now. Imagine being in a warm and comfortable room surrounded by warm and comfortable faces, familiar faces, people that you know or would love to know. And as you listen to my voice, you can imagine yourself there now, smiling, loving faces. And you notice this more as you look around the room and catch the gaze of those loving faces one by one. And maybe as you continue to relax and breathe, you can imagine some of those smiling faces interacting with you together. Safe and happy in your imagination, but nonetheless a warm and comfortable feeling. And as you feel that sense of connection now, and you feel that acceptance of you, and that connection to others, and you allow that to be in you now, I'll remind you that there are good feelings that you can recall and revive just by using your mind. And if you'd like me to guide you, just keep connected. And because it's in your best interest to breathe your way back in a moment, I invite you to begin feeling your fingers and toes. They aren't the only things you haven't been focusing on for the last few moments. And allowing that sense of connection to continue, one or two quick and easy breaths and open your eyes, allowing yourself to come all the way back to this moment here and all the other moments that follow. Comment, email or message me the words winning over worry and I'll make sure to keep you in the loop of my product as it gets released. You can connect with me and comment on LinkedIn and Facebook or you can connect with me directly at winningoverworry at davidfairweather.ca. Get a message to me and I'll keep you in the loop. See you next week when, together, we'll be overcoming overwhelm. Stay confident. Worry.